What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Shout out to Breck. Man, I could really use an ice cold avalanche hail right about now. It's only 1130, but I believe the saying is it's five o'clock somewhere and it's my birthday. So because it's my birthday, I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to start drinking whenever I want. And people just kind of have to roll with it because those are the rules. Them's the rules on your birthday. You get to eat whatever you want. Diets don't apply. Uh, You don't have to exercise. You should drink water, but you don't have to. (laughs) All of that fun stuff. Um, Thank you to everybody that wished me happy birthday on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those platforms. I do appreciate all of you. It kind of cracks me up. I was thinking back to like like 10 years ago. I mean, you, you don't even really have to go back that far, even six, seven years ago. And like when writing happy birthday to anybody that you were friends with on Facebook was such a big deal. <laughs> I remember when I turned like 16 or 17, I, I literally had like 300 people wish me happy birthday on my Facebook wall. I don't even think I have 300 friends on Facebook anymore. I've deleted a bunch of people, but it, it just cracks me up. The whole birthday procedures, uh, holiday procedure, all of that stuff, like even like 10 years ago, <laughs> you would get like random group texts wishing you like a happy Thanksgiving or something. Like it, it was just so corny. <laughs> oh, good times though. Good, good times. We've got an interesting episode planned today. Going to be talking about I uh, just kind of CSU football and, and what it's going to be like moving forward. Obviously, that phased return to campus began on Monday. Really, really big sign. Uh, encouraging sign in terms of you know the fate of college football and Fort Collins and all that so I'm really going to get into all of that I have some recruiting stuff to go over we're we're definitely going to be talking a lot of recruiting uh, today and throughout the week just with CSU continuing to rack up all of these commits it's it's quite the approach and obviously like the naysayers are are going to bring up the fact that they're the top 50 rating is is being influenced by the volume and that is true. That That is true. I mean, the recruiting metrics, the rankings, they're never a perfect system. But even if it is influenced by volume, the fact that they're able to rack up all of these guys really, really loading up on three-star guys, you know, you'd like to see them land like a four-star guy every now and then. But I just, I don't really buy into those ratings all that much. Not a big deal, but just the fact that they're recruiting Specific states is encouraging to me. California, Texas, Colorado, Florida, obviously using some of their resources in the Northeast, doing a good job in, in Nevada and Arizona as well. They pulled a couple of guys out of Las Vegas. You know, to me, it's it's encouraging that they currently have a top 50 class, but, you know, what's just more encouraging is that they're establishing ties with some of these powerhouse programs. I've talked about it before, you know, Matter Day in Los Angeles, Duncanville in Texas, Navarre in Florida. They're just they're doing a great job of establishing those strong ties and, and creating a situation where when those coaches go into those schools, they're not strangers. You know, they have relationships with those staffs already. That's huge, man. That's huge, especially when you're trying to, you know, create and establish a relationship on the fly. And, you know, just given everything that's going on right now with the coronavirus and and the lack of travel and stuff, I think it's that much more important to have that just established tie because it gives you credibility. You know, it, these these high school commits, 
they're they're going off of the word of these coaches and that's a tough situation but when you have friends that have been recruited by these coaches before when you've met them more than one time when they show up more than just the one time that they offered you a scholarship that goes a long way especially locally especially locally but you know with those other programs as well it's just a big deal and i've i've been really really impressed by the approach that this new staff has taken all right before we continue I got to talk about the Breckenridge Beer Locator. This this is such a convenient feature. Those that have been listening to the podcast for a while, you guys get it. You guys know how much I love this feature. Now, I've been a Breck guy through and through since long before they were, you know, a sponsor of mine. So this is a genuine love that I have for Breckenridge. The fact that we're partners just makes it so much better. But with the Breck Beer Locator, I can just hop online. Let's say I want a 12-pack of Strawberry Sky. I hop on the Breck Beer Locator, type in my address, type in Strawberry Sky. It'll pull up the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever near me that has this. This is how beer shopping in the future is going to be. It takes all of the inconvenience out of the process. No more awkward, you know, walking down the hallways, having to interact with the liquor store employees. I got no beef with liquor store employees. Shout out to your local local liquor stores. Make sure we're doing our your thing and supporting them. But if you are going to the liquor store, make sure you pick up a 12-pack of Strawberry Sky, Avalanche Ale. If they have the 15-can sampler, do that. If you're looking for the 15-can sampler and they don't have it at your local liquor store, you can always get it delivered, whether that be through Davidson's or Drizzly. There are just so many options, but make sure whatever you're doing, you're drinking Breck because that is the best bet and yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about Breckenridge Brewery. Shout out to Breck. We love you. Cool, 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 cool. For those that have not been paying attention, uh, the Mountain West did recently lift its ban, and it is allowing programs to have student-athletes come back for voluntary workouts. Uh, Boise State recently went back. And now Colorado State is beginning a phased return. That process actually began Monday, June 8th. And that process... Uh, we, I don't have a confirmed total, but what was announced in the release was they were anticipating on 35 student-athletes participating, and then the plan is to just kind of phase in you know, the rest of the group in the coming weeks. Along with that, CSU also announced that some of the other sports, men's and women's basketball, soccer, volleyball, track, all of those types of programs are anticipating a phased return in early July. So it kind of seems like we are inching towards that not normalcy but at least just like closer to it it's definitely a big step in the right direction in terms of actually you know having some of these sports play out i think there's logistically there's quite a bit that's going to still have to get figured out but it does seem like csu does have you know a plan in place some of the things that they talked about in the press release i'm just going to talk about this initial process and how they're kind of trying to to go about it while being as safe as possible. And the first thing, obviously, is that student-athletes are being tested for COVID-19 as part of their uh, participation. This is just part of their standard physical to return. That makes a lot of sense. You know, you can't have them coming back from out of state and not testing. You definitely have to test up front. But moving off of that, they're going to be monitored pretty closely. You know, these student-athletes, they're going to complete daily symptom assessments prior to each workout. They're going to have... Uh, athletes being checked for fever and other symptoms. So they're really going to be paying attention to that type of stuff. And 
And beyond that, they're just going to really, really try and enforce strict social distancing as well as sanitation processes. Uh, they're going to hold a lot of the, the workouts outside. That was actually one of the things that Lance Crystal dropped in our podcast last week. That was a little inside scoop that he gave us from that Ram Club meeting. But I think that makes a lot of sense. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a science guy. I'm not going to sit here and act like, you know, I, I know all the answers. Like, I know what they should do. But it seems like they're at least being as conscientious as possible. Obviously, part of that is, you know, legal and liability and stuff like that. But I've been encouraged by the approach that they're at least taking in these early stages, working outside, limiting workout groups. They're sanitizing all the equipment after each and every use. These are obviously small steps, but they're just, these are the the little things you really got to be conscientious of to make this work. Because at the end of the day, the odds of somebody testing for COVID pretty high, like being asymptomatic, at least I, I would guess that at least someone on the team has it. We'll see. But how they monitor it from there, that's that's where things are really going to get interesting because we've seen reports. I believe the University of Alabama was one of them. They came back, they started working out, and then they immediately had like double-digit guys test positive. In general, I think the reaction like in the South and the SEC probably going to be slightly different than if that were to happen here. But, you know, what do you do when that happens? They They do have plans in place. They're talking about you know, contact tracing and, and isolation and all of that. So, you know, CSU does have plans in place for that. But what about if it becomes like a massive deal? You know, half your team all of a sudden has COVID. What do you do? Do you have to just shut everything down and try again in a couple of weeks? Is this a process that goes on and on? These are, you know, all the questions that we're going to have, not only this summer, but just throughout the season in general. I mean, it's unprecedented times. Anybody that says, or tries to act like they know how this whole process is going to work out this fall is completely talking out of their ass because none of us know. None of us know. That is what makes this whole situation so weird. I mean, not even like getting into the politics of it all, but first first of all, just the amount of different information that's been put out about COVID from, you know, like the who and, and all of that kind of stuff, Fauci, all that stuff. You know, we wear masks, don't wear masks, asymptomatic carriers are really dangerous. Now they're saying that they're not dangerous. I don't know. It, it doesn't really seem like anybody understands this process. And that's that's been this big whole thing as I've just tried to recognize that I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I don't know how deadly the virus is. I don't know, you know, what the right situation is going to be for practice and and how you manage all of this. I do think they're going to try just because there's so much money at stake. And just given that it seems to be we're kind of at that point as a country where it seems like we're just kind of opening stuff up again. I don't know. And I think more fans, more people that cover this sport just need to get comfortable with the idea of admitting that they don't know. It sucks. It's weird. Like, especially, you know, as a guy that sits here and rambles on a podcast, it's, it's a lot better when I have, you know, something concise to say, this is what needs to happen. Do this, this, and this. Well, I don't know, because we're in weird times. I do know, though, that I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by what CSU is doing right now. I'm encouraged about the prospects of having a college football season. You know, like I said, I, I don't know how some of this stuff is going to work, but it seems to me like we're heading in the right direction. 
All right, we're going to get into recruiting in, in just a second here. But before we do, I did want to talk about there were a couple other things that CSU included in the press release. These were actually uh, based on what's come down from the Mountain West, but just some cost containment measures that uh, directly relate to CSU athletics. Uh, one of the things was actually, uh, I'm not like angling for credit, but it was broken on my podcast when Nico Medved came on about a month ago. And that is that the Mountain West is going to allow institutions to schedule a second non-Division I opponent in men's basketball to replace an opponent of a 250 RPI or worse. Basically, you know, this just gives you a chance to, to host a game cheaply. And, and normally you only have that one for reputation's sake, but they're just going to have to get creative when it comes to cutting costs. And obviously traveling is, is going to be a big part of that. So allowing member institutions to host a schedule a second non-division one, I guess technically it doesn't have to be a host, but it will be. You're not going to go to a non-division one school and play them. Uh, beyond that, a 16-match uh, modified double round robin schedule will be used in women's volleyball. Uh, for softball, conference series will be uh, shortened from three days to two, so you just play some double headers in there, stuff like that. Basically cut down on a day of travel. It all comes down to hotels, stuff like that. Uh, the men's and women's tennis tournaments have been eliminated, as well as soccer. Soccer is actually kind of a disappointing one, just because we've seen CSU women's soccer really, really elevate as a program over the last couple of years. Bill Hempen has done just a terrific job of, well, I mean, starting that program from the from the depths, but that that Mountain West tournament is a big way in how you get into the NCAA tournament. So now I guess it's probably just going to be the league winner of, of the regular season, or maybe they won't even have the NCAAs at the end of the season. I'm not sure how some of that stuff's going to work, but it is disappointed that CSU uh, won't have that opportunity even if they finish near the top of the conference. And then the last thing that is being impacted is just the swimming and diving championships, which instead of holding them all at a singular location, will be held at separate venues on Mountain West campuses over a three-day period. That one actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, the only thing that kind of comes into mind is maybe you could have people question about like timing and stuff like but as long as you send somebody like from the league or whatever to monitor each situation, that makes a lot of sense. You know, don't put everybody all in one building. You can save money on travel. Everybody has the pools that they train in anyways. So it, it takes some of the excitement out of the process because I think it's, you know, probably a lot of fun for those student athletes to get to to travel and experience and all that. And so in that sense, it, it's kind of disappointing. But, you know, just to, to make it work logistically, like I said, they're there's going to be a lot of sacrifices and unfortunately it's, it's probably really going to hurt some of these non-revenue sports more than anything, just because you know, that any way they can, they can cut a dollar if it, in those smaller sports, it's probably going to be a little bit easier than with the bigger sports. But I just hope that these, I just hope that they get to have their seasons. You know, it was so disappointing to see the spring seasons canceled this past year. I guess we're still in spring. It's felt like a year. 2020 has felt like it's been, I don't know, 18 months long. But I just hope that all of these student athletes get a chance to compete because at the end of the day, like it may not be as flashy. There may not be as tr much travel involved. You know, there may be, you know, it might feel a little bit more small time, but at least you still get to compete, you know? 
that's where I stand. I'm, I'm encouraged. It seems like we're going to have some sports, but we definitely have a long, long ways to go. Right, we are going to talk about recruiting now, but before we do, I got to talk about our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook. Golf is back. That's right. We have a full weekend of golf ahead of us, and even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash winnings don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Doesn't get any closer to a major than this with all the heavy hitters taking the course, and DraftKings Sportsbook is the place to get all of your bets in for this weekend's tournament. Head to the app right now and check out all that they have to offer, including player props, day-by-day action, and even hole-by-hole live betting. That's a lot of fun. I did that on the Peyton Manning live match. Made a little bit of moolah. Plus, DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable. Don't have to worry about your funds. If, if you're still not sold, which I don't know how you're not, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering special odds boosts and promotions throughout the weekend. You don't want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Just enter the code DNVR when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Alrighty, I'm going to do my best to power through the construction going on next door and continue uh, talking about a little bit of recruiting. It was a big day for the Rams on Monday. They landed two more commits in total. CSU up to 19 verbals for the 2021 cycle. Really, really good stuff. You know, obviously there's... There's a long ways to go until National Signing Day. The odds that all 19 of the people currently verbally committed actually signing, kind of slim. But having talked to you know the vast majority of them, it does seem like most of them are, are pretty firm in their commitments, and that's definitely an encouraging sign. But uh, yeah, let's let's continue with it. Let's just jump right into it. Kaiwan Phillips, a six foot four, two hundred ninety three pound offensive tackle out of Doctor Phillips High School in Doctor Phillips, Florida, announced his commitment to CSU. Big time commitment. The Rams now have three guys for the offensive line. It's definitely been a point of emphasis for Adazio over these last two recruiting classes, going back to that twenty twenty cycle, which obviously he had to fill in like just a couple of weeks. But according to 247, Phillips has at least 11 Division I offers other than CSU. Some of the schools interested in him, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, Florida Atlantic, and the University of Pittsburgh. So a lot of G5 programs. Uh, not really a guy that's getting SEC attention, but he obviously has the frame. So if, if they can develop him, should be a nice little, little nice commit. I should, definitely shouldn't say little for anybody that's six foot four, 293 pounds. Uh, but just going back to the point that I made earlier on the podcast, it's it's good to see CSU going into, obviously, Florida, some of these talent-heavy states, and being able to land some of these guys. I know Bobo did a really, really good job in, in states like Florida and Georgia and Louisiana, and part of that was, well, most of that was Bobo, but some of that was, you know, Joe Cox and some of the other assistants as well. But this new staff, they've had somewhat of a different approach 
uh, obviously not as heavy in the South, but given that Adazio coached in Florida for so long and along with some of these other guys, Sean Cronin, uh, Brian White, they all spent time down there. It's, it makes sense, you know? And at the end of the day, like, it's good that they're recruiting Colorado really heavily. That's that's always when CSU's been at its highest. It's always had a heavy Colorado influence. But to compete on a national level, you still have to be able to pull talent from the Sunshine State, from Texas, from California, and from other places. You know, Las Vegas. Las Vegas doesn't necessarily get the national recognition of, of being like a football heavy powerhouse, but a lot of really good athletes come out of Las Vegas. And I like that CSU's kind of made a little bit of point of emphasis there. Along with Phillips, there was kind of somewhat of a surprising commit in Evan Olace. I, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. I uh, haven't had a chance to speak with him yet. Did hit him up about the interview. We've got it scheduled out, so we'll have him on the podcast pretty soon, uh, along with Tyler Quinn, a defensive tackle commit out of Duncanville that recently committed to CSU. So ton, a ton of committing... <laughs> recruiting news there was there's obviously some chatter with this most recent commit just because csu already has two quarterback commits in luke McAllister, who's obviously really really popular with the fans local guy out of palmer ridge and chance harris who committed uh, out of clovis new mexico about a month ago the thing is csu you know they they haven't signed a ton of high school quarterbacks in the last couple of years so while it wouldn't be traditional if they did end up signing all three of them it wouldn't be the worst move but you know one of these guys could always fall off you never know what's going to happen this new commit Elias, he seems to be a more of a dual threat guy I, that's what i wrote about if you read the article that i wrote on the website he he had a has a nice completion percentage through twice as many touchdowns as, as interceptions but what stands out to me he rushed for over a thousand yards and had 14 rushing touchdowns Given that he's listed at six foot, 205 pounds, maybe they want him to be like a change of pace type quarterback. Who knows? Maybe he's a stud in the making, just another diamond in the rough that Adazio, you know, and them were able to find. Who knows? At the end of the day, I think Luke McAllister is probably the the quarterback commit that everybody is, you know, the most jazzed about. He's the tallest, the biggest of them, has a big arm, obviously has all of the local attention but i don't think it's a bad idea to go heavy on the quarterback class i guess that's my my long-winded point of of all this just given that you never know what's going to happen you never know if a power five school is going to come in and poach someone you know maybe harris gets a another offer from new mexico now that rocky long is down there and you know maybe that convinces him i don't know I don't know if Long is going to be helping commit or helping recruit quarterbacks, just given that he's the defensive coordinator, but you never know. New Mexico's doing really well from a recruiting perspective. So it'll be that'll be kind of something that I'll be monitoring. You know, do they sway the hometown, not hometown, but home state guy? There's just a lot of time. You never know. And at the end of the day, like quarterback is probably the most important position on your team. So if you have three guys that you believe are all D1 capable and you can convince them all to come in and compete. That's great. You know, the more, the better I'm all for it. And if there's any, you know, thoughts about, you know, well, this is going to discourage some guys. Luke McAllister was tweeting at him 
encouraging him, you know, welcome to the family. So it doesn't really seem like there's that type of attitude amongst any of these guys. They all seem to be team first and, and understand that it's a process. All right, we'll be back with more content throughout the week. Like I said, I do have more interviews with some of these 2021 commits that I'm really excited about. Before I recorded this, I actually talked to Tyler Quinn. I have some other guests scheduled as well. Thank you uh, to everybody that's come on recently. Really, really appreciate it. I've been, you know, trying to get a little bit more creative. If there's anybody that you would like, you know, if there's somebody you think would be interesting, you would like to hear their perspective or something like that, tweet it at me, comment it, all that fun stuff. Thank you to everybody that subscribes to the podcast. If you don't mind leaving a review on Apple, if you listen to podcasts that way, I appreciate it. Google, same, same deal. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. It is my birthday though, so I'm going to head out. I'm going to have an ice cold avalanche ale and I'm going to kick back and listen to a little Tribe Called Quest. It's going to be a good day. <laughs>